0: everyone you're listening to Ed Young Radio Ed Pastor's Fellowship Church and we want to thank you for listening with us These next few minutes together can change your life and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com Enjoy the message Today I am in a series of talks and I'm very very excited about called lesser known personalities of the Bible Now most of us know or we've heard of some of the big time people in the Bible like Moses like Jonah you remember the guy that got swallowed by the big fish. You might have heard of Abraham, Isaac. Of course, we've heard of the disciples and Jesus. But how about the ones that we sort of overlook? How about the ones that we just kind of hydroplane over and don't really concentrate on their lives? Well, in this series, we're gonna look at the people in the background, the lesser known personalities, and we're gonna make them well-known. We're gonna take people from the background and bring them to the foreground. We're going to take people that we overlook and we're going to look over them because every person, every man and woman mentioned in the Bible is there for a dynamic reason. So these lesser known personalities, I believe, will really, really speak volumes into our lives. Today, I'm talking about someone that that I'm going to bet you cash money that you've never heard about or on top of that, I know you've never heard a message on this character. I mean, this, this guy is a, is a crazy guy, a brutal guy, someone who was very sadistic. And when I tell you his story, you're going to be saying to yourself, how can I relate to this cat? I mean, this guy, Ed, is absolutely bonkers. I mean, he's, he, he's berserk. But let me tell you the story, and then we'll see how this applies to our lives. His name, are you ready for this? Adonai Bezek. Say it with me. Adonai Bezek. You might be going, Who in the world was Adonai Bezek? I'm glad you asked. That's why we're here today. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Judges. Turn to the book of Judges. Make sure that you bring your Bibles. You might be going, Well, I don't have a Bible. Share with someone. I don't have a Bible. Go and buy a Bible. There are phenomenal Bibles for sale everywhere. My wife got one at a flea market several days ago for $1. But if you don't have a Bible, I will read from the Bible and we can follow along. You know, a lot of people have these iPhones, right? You you can get an app for the Bible on your iPhone. Am 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 I right? Okay, okay. Turn to the book of Judges, the Old Testament book of Judges. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Judges is over in the Old Testament. Judges is is a unique book because basically men were a law uh, to themselves. In other words, so many people in the book of Judges just did what they wanted to do. Doesn't that kind of sound like our world today? Most people are just kind of doing what they feel they should do. That's what we find in the book of Judges. Adonai Bezek Ruled over a city in northern Palestine called Bezek. So he was the man. Adonai Bezek ruled over a town. He was the king of a town called Bezek. He was a notorious warrior. He, he would dominate people and infiltrate areas and, and, and take people as captive. The context is basically this Joshua, God's man, you know, the guy that took over after Moses clocked out, has just died there were still some strongholds, some Canaanite strongholds in the land. So Adonai Bezek was this terrible guy who would capture kings after he would defeat their armies. And check this out, he would take the kings and cut off their thumbs and their toes, their thumbs and their big toes, throw them under his table. I'm telling you, the Old Testament's R-rated and make them grovel around like dogs while he threw them scraps of bread. Now, how cold-blooded is that? Again, get the picture. Adonai Bezek would capture these kings, cut off their thumbs and their toes, throw them under his table, this, this big, beautiful table, and while he was eating, he would throw bread to them, you know, and make them grovel around for it. That was was totally humiliating to these kings because you cut their thumbs off. I mean, that's, that's, that's bad news. You cut their toes off, they can't fight anymore. So it was like in your face, in your face. Have you ever heard this phrase before? What goes around, comes around. You ever heard that before? Let's say it together. One, two, three. What goes around, comes around. At all the campuses, what goes around, comes around, and sometimes we say, oh, he's going to get a dose of his own medicine, or she's going to get a dose of her own medicine, or we talk about the big payback, or people say, in your face, and we, we, we wait, and we look, and we love to watch people who've messed us around or messed someone else around get messed around themselves, don't we? Have you ever thought about that? There's this, there's this justice chip in all of our lives. Down deep we say, somebody has got to pay. I mean, when, when someone like Adonai Bezek did what he did, down deep when we read this in the Bible, we go, you know, somebody has got to pay. You mean to tell me Ad- Adonai Bezek just did all that, captured all these people, tortured them, and just got away scot-free? Well, you know, it looks that way because in the book of Judges, Adonai Bezek was the man. He was living large and in charge, as everyone says, and no one could get to him, but here's what I've discovered about life, and haven't you seen this? There's a slippery slope that that is all about success and acclaim and pride. Someone is on a roll, Someone is doing what they want to do. Someone thumbs their nose at at God and does exactly what what they feel they should do. It's just a matter of time, right, before they slide down that slippery slope. One moment, you're a hero. The next moment, a zero. And we've seen this, haven't we, in our culture With with this economic breakdown. All these people, all these fat cats who were riding high and doing this and that. Now, all of a sudden... So many are downtrodden and destitute. So it seemed like Adonai Bezek, he was was untouchable, man. It seemed like this guy is not gonna pay his dues. What goes around comes around, but I guess not in Adonai Bezek's case, but oh, now the story gets interesting because out of nowhere, that's right, out of nowhere, the tribes of Judah and Simeon cruise into the Canaanite land and they open up a can of Canaanite, because when they open up the can of Canaanite, they just wipe out Adonai Bezek and all of his people, but they did not kill Adonai Bezek. So now we can read the scripture in Judges, Judges chapter 1. I'll begin reading in verse 4. When Judah attacked... The Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they chased him and caught him. Are you ready for this? <laughs> and cut off his thumbs and big toes. What goes around? Comes around, and don't you know when they cut off his thumbs and big toes, they'd be probably joking and going, "Hey, Adonai Bezek, thumbs up!" (laughs) Hey, Adonai Bezek, no more turf toe for you. You know they probably talk trash because reading scripture, God's, God's people talk some trash now. As you keep going in verse seven, this is where it really gets hot. This is where we can apply this stuff. Check this out. Then Adonai Bezek said, "Okay." No thumbs, no toes, right? Then he said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. What goes around comes around. Another way to say it, we'll meet our sin again. Now, let me talk about that for a second because that's not a very popular statement because basically I'm talking about here the judgment of God. Well, I thought God was a God of grace and a God of love and a God of forgiveness. He is. There's no doubt about it. But you can't talk about those aspects or those qualities of God without talking about the fact that God is a God of judgment. God is a God who tells us over and over, in the biblical record, in the biblical revelation that we will meet our sins again. And that's exactly what happened in this situation. So there is a certainty to this law. It's, it's, it's a spiritual law. We got natural laws. This is a spiritual law. We will meet our sins again. And what's interesting about this law is it's, it's mysterious. So often it works in, in areas that we can't even see. But one day, we will meet our sins again. There's a certainty about it. You remember Jacob back in the Old Testament? Jacob was the father of Joseph, you know, the guy with the Gucci coat, remember that? Jacob, if you read about him, had a brother named Esau. Jacob put goat skins on his arms because his brother Esau was real hairy, you know? Jacob went to his father Isaac And acted like he was Esau. He deceived his father. As he deceived his father, he got the blessing from his father. His father thought he was giving it to Esau, but in reality, he was giving it to Jacob. He deceived him. All right. Freeze frame that for a second. Press the clock forward. Jacob had a bunch of sons. His his favorite son was Joseph. Joseph's brothers kicked Joseph into the pit, took his Gucci blazer, brought it back to their father Jacob with blood on it and said, Dad, Dad, wild animals have killed Joseph. They were deceiving Jacob. Jacob had deceived his father Isaac. We will meet our sins again. What goes around, comes around. You might be going, well, wait a minute, man. I don't see this in effect. It might not be today, it could be tomorrow. It might not be tomorrow, it might be the day after tomorrow. God does not always pay on the 1st and the 15th, but He does pay. There's gonna be a payday someday. We will meet our sins again. You remember Jonah? God said, hey, Jonah, Jonah, go to Nineveh. I'm gonna give you the strength to go to Nineveh, and and, and my plan, is for you to go to Nineveh and to preach. You know what Jonah did? I'm not, I'm not going there. Those ungodly people, those hellraisers, I'm not, I'm not going there. And so Jonah went the opposite direction. And what happened to him? A whale house became a jailhouse. He ended up being swallowed by a fish. So in his search for freedom, in his search for liberation, in his pursuit for, okay, I'm going to be the man. I'm going to forge my own future. What happened? He ended up in the belly of a fish with digestive juices eating away his his skin. I mean, that's not a pretty place to be. And we've seen this so often, haven't we, in our lives? Just think about your life. And I've thought about my life. We will meet our sin again. So there's a certainty to it. There's also an unusual connectivity to meeting our sins again. Think about David. You remember David, the giant killer? Most people know about him. Well, David, when he took over Israel, at the the top of his game, committed murder and adultery. He saw his sins reproduced. He saw his sins duplicated in, in the lives of his children. Because the prophet Nathan said, hey, 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 David, I mean, God has forgiven you, you have repented, you've, 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 you've changed your ways. However, the sword will never leave your house. What goes around comes around. We will meet our sin again. And if you, if you don't believe me, just crank out a couple of kids and, and, and you'll meet your sin. <laughs> yeah, the parents are laughing. You'll meet your sin. Again, is that the truth? Is that scary? Oh, at least I have four kids. I love them to death, but I mean. Whoa. (laughs) So there's a certainty to this law, spiritual law. There's a connectivity to the sin, to the transgression, and the punishment of the sin. But there's something else I want you to notice. You remember what Adonai Bezek said? Remember what he said in verse seven? Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back. Earlier in his life, he was like defying God. Oh, I'm the man, I'm God. I'm sovereign God and you're not. And now he's changing. Now he's saying, whoa, 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 now now God has paid me back. He's, He's yielding to the judgment of God for what I did to them. It's, it's, it's the big payback. If you read in the Bible the record of men and women when they met their sin again, nowhere in the Bible do you find them going, wow, God, you're so unfair. God, I can't believe I'm facing this judgment. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm meeting my sins again. What goes around comes around. That's ridiculous, Lord. You never see that. What did Adonai Bezek do? This hellacious, horrid, mean-spirited man, eaten up with chicanery, what did he say? You know what, God, I'm getting my payback. So you don't find people going, man, I can't believe, God, that I'm meeting my sin again. You know, you're so unfair, you're so unjust, blah, 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 blah. Think about hell. I mean, it's not a popular subject, but a lot of us use it in our vocabulary all the time. It's not popular, but we talk about it a lot. Bucket of fish. Anyway, <laughs> hell, the Bible says, is a real place. And I don't believe in a literal hell. Well, you know what? You can take that out with God. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I do because God says it. Hell is a place of utter isolation. It's a place of eternal remorse. It's not a place where people go, God, you're so unfair. I can't believe I'm in hell. Good night, nurse. What's the deal? You're a cosmic killjoy. No, 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 no. You won't hear that in hell because people in hell know why they're there. What goes around comes around people in hell on planet Earth had a vested interest in keeping God at bay, when they clock out of here, God's going to simply give them a greater measure of what they desired on Earth, which is eternity away from the Lord himself. Hell is a place of isolation. It's a place of utter remorse. It's a place of going, you know what? I had an opportunity at that worship service. I had an opportunity in that situation. I had an opportunity in that Bible study to, to, to give my life to the Lord but I didn't do it and now I'm receiving what I wanted. I'm receiving the the eternal payback. So what goes around comes around. There's a certainty to it, there's a connectivity to it and notice the confession. The confession is always God, you're God, I'm not. I deserve what I'm getting. Well now let's flip over to another section of scripture because this is going to even highlight this principle more and more. What goes around comes around. That's kind of the negative side I've talked to you about so far. It's like, wah, 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 wow. This is pretty tough so far, isn't it? Well, now let's talk about the good stuff. You ready for the good stuff? Because there's a good side to what goes around comes around. Well, let's check it out. Galatians, Galatians, over in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 6, and I'm going to read verse... 7, all the way through verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9. Now, now you will love this. What goes around comes around. Do not be deceived. It says in verse 7, God cannot be mocked. You know what the word mock means? The the picture is interesting. It's the picture of someone sticking their nose up before God. It's like... You know, snobbing God out. You know, God, yeah, okay, you say this, you say that, but I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm the man, I'm the Adonai Bezek of my world. Don't be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What does that mean, reap? That that, that means he harvests, right, what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, verse eight, from that nature will reap destruction. And we've talked about that, right? And what's so funny about it is we, we sin retail but confess wholesale. Some of you will get that a little bit later. We, we, we sow our wild oats and then pray for a crop failure. That's what I'm saying. It says, the one though who sows to please the Spirit, now here's the good news, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time... We will reap or harvest if we do not give up. So three things I want to talk to you about real quickly out of Galatians chapter six. Number one, we will reap what we sow. If, if, if I sow seeds of like oranges, I'm not going to go, wow, what pineapple, I got pineapple. No, I plant for oranges, I'm going to get what? Oranges. I'm not going too fast, am I? So I'm going to reap what I sow. You know what? I want friends, man. I want this real deep connectivity. If you want friends, you got to do what? Be a friend. You got to sow seeds of friendship. I moved around a lot in my life. And as a junior high and high school student, I remember being thrust into various environments where I didn't know anybody. I'm I'm, I'm at these public schools where there's thousands of kids and here I am. Well, I learned at at a young age, if, if I'm gonna get friends because I wanted friends, I've gotta do what? I've gotta be a friend. I've gotta sow seeds of friendship. So if you want encouragement, what do you do? You sow encouragement. You want love? You sow love. You want forgiveness? You sow Forgiveness. You want commitment? You sow commitment. And I've got to ask you right now, what are you sowing? Because you'll reap what you sow. What goes around comes around. Number two, you'll always reap more than you sow. And this is the good side of it. I'm not talking about the negative stuff. This is a good side. So here's the cool thing when I sow hope and faith, and love and all of these godly things, I'm gonna reap more than I sow. Think, think about you know, a little kernel of corn, drop that in the ground, now, I'm not a farmer, but after a while you're gonna have some corn and you have the, the, the ears of corn with hundreds and hundreds of seeds and, and, and they occurred because of that one seed. And that's what happens in all of our lives. All of this stuff, all of the fruits of the Spirit, all these great and godly things are compounded daily with this godly interest. It is phenomenal. So yeah, on the negative side, we're gonna meet our sin again. That's a spiritual law, but also the good side is, I sow phenomenal stuff, man, boom! The harvest is gonna be plentiful. But here's the third thing I want you to notice about Galatians chapter six. We always will reap Later than we sow. Later than we sow. That, that's why we got to be patient. You know, we can't plant ourselves in a local church and go, okay, I wanna, I wanna get boom, mature overnight. I wanna I wanna start just walking on the ragged edge and ledge of faith overnight. It takes some time. You sow those seeds of giving your talent and your treasure and your time to the Lord. You sow those seeds of, 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 of godly relationships and of a Christian marriage and a Christian home. And many times you'll want to quit, you'll want to give up, you want to turn your back on the field and go, there's no way the crops are going to come up. I'm telling you, you be patient. You hang in there. You stay with it. And what goes around comes around. You will reap a harvest now at this time some of you are thinking who are watching this you're going now okay Ed, go back with me to that first portion of this talk because you'll meet your sin again how about forgiveness I mean how about grace how about mercy right I mean isn't that the whole thing about the Bible God's redemptive story yes yes God's all up into grace and mercy and forgiveness He does not, however, remove the consequences of sin. My wife and I have a couple of Dobermans. We love these dogs to death. Dolce and Dutch, the names of the Dobermans. Dobermans are sneaky. They're definitely smarter than I am. I mean, they'll they'll like look me in the eyes and stuff, and they creep around because they stay inside. They'll creep around our house, and they have these, these big old pads on their paws and their toenails aren't like down like most dogs, they can sneak up on you, you know? It's just just spooky. Sometimes when they disobey, guess what? I take them to the crate. And when I take them to the crate, before I take them, I'll look at them and I'll go, do you wanna go to Crate City? And when they misbehave, I'll take them by the collar gently and take them to Crate City and I sing them a song. You belong to Crate City, you belong to the nine. Some of you get that. And they stay in Crate City. I've forgiven Dolce and Dutch for all their misbehavior. I love them to death. They still though spend time in Crate City. And that's the picture of the gospel. We sin. We repent, God forgives, he cleanses, he changes. That's true. But he's not going to remove the consequences of the sin. Because we still go to great city, we still belong to the night, we still face the consequences of sin. So we need to understand that. But we have this judgment Chip, don't we, in our lives. We just know down deep there's a payback. There, 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 there is a is a time where where retribution takes place. And we also have this this justice chip. When we see things that that are wrong or immoral, we, we say to ourselves, you know what? Somebody's gotta pay. You know what I'm saying to you? Somebody's gotta pay. And and, and that that principle is is from Scripture. You know, you think back to the book of Genesis, for example. Adam and Eve, they sinned before God. Everything was perfect. They sinned. And what did God do? All creation held its breath to see what God would do. What did God do? Man and woman had sinned. They were naked and they realized their nakedness. Here's what God did. God took an animal, an innocent animal, a third party, killed it, skinned it, and put the skins around Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness. Adam and Eve had never seen death before. They'd never seen the unnatural movements before. They'd never seen blood before. God, though, was foreshadowing the gospel. God was foreshadowing the fact when we mess up, when we sin, when we go our own way, it takes the death of an innocent third party It it takes the spilling of an innocent third party's blood, and only that blood can cover sin. And we see this developing throughout the Old Testament and subsequently culminating in the New Testament when Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of our sins. The lamb was slain for the sins of the world, the final sacrifice. And right before Jesus breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. Somebody's got to pay. Jesus paid it all for your sins and mine so we can understand this principle. What goes around, comes around. The big payback. What have you done with Jesus? What have you done with this spiritual law? God wants all of us to achieve the best And we only do it by walking with him and realizing what goes around, comes around. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, it's so interesting to read about someone with a weird name like Adonai Bezek. You know, it's so strange to talk in in church about someone who lost their their thumbs and and their toes, but... The principle behind it, God, is so deep and so crucial and critical in our lives. The fact that we will meet our sin again. You know, you you told us in your word that the payment of sin is death. If we got what we deserve, it would be death. Eternal separation from you, Lord. But the good news is, you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all of our sins and rise again. Jesus became sin, he was the perfect sacrifice, he he was slain, he was tortured because of our sin. He satisfied your demands, God, because we can never satisfy them because at the end of the day we're still sinners but you've told us in your word, if we turn from our sins, admit the obvious before God, and, and, and receive this gift, then we will understand what it means to have life and life abundantly. So I'm gonna ask you right now, just where you're seated, at this campus and our campuses in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, those who are even watching uh, online or by television or maybe some podcast thing, or maybe you downloaded this from, from, from iTunes or whatever. I'm, I'm gonna ask you, just whatever you're doing right now, just to simply pray a prayer with me if you want to know what it means to know God personally. Just, just simply just say this. Just say, God, I admit to you that I've sinned, that I've messed up, that I've gone my own way. I, I believe. What goes around comes around. I believe I deserve eternal separation from you. And I turn from that and I turn to you. I believe, God, that you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price on the cross and I receive that. Cover me with your grace and forgiveness and mercy. Cleanse me, God. Jesus Christ, come into my life. I give you everything I am and everything I'll ever be.